as the union of the musical geniuses, otherwise known as the Spice Girls once said, and I quote, too much of something is bad enough. Well, I beg to differ because let me ask you this, cancel me baby listeners, does that apply to two blondes who just tell it how it is and really don't care, bitch? I think not. And today we are going to find out. So help me in welcoming media personality, former radio personality. She is a super successful podcast host, a jack of all trades, the Sarah Frazier. Oh my God. Okay, Taylor. I like that intro. All right. We're introing each other well on this series. I like it. We need to just go around and be each other's hype woman. And that's what it's just going to be. And bring your pink dick microphone. Sarah has the best phallic dick microphone you've ever seen in your life. So your dildo is shaking. Don't even show it to hide your kids and your dildo. Okay. (laughs) Because it's crying. I know. And it looks like a pencil dick. It's like a pencil pink dick. (laughs) No, it is. It is is like a red rocket of our time. Okay. So we're going to hop right into this because we ain't got no time to kill. Now, like me, you guys know by now, if you listen to my show, the, the Chrissy Teigen debacle of my nightmares that pretty much had me canceled when I worked at VH1 before cancel culture was a thing. Now, Sarah herself was also canceled before her time. And it has to do with Ivy League schools. Excuse me, Sarah, what happened? Who do I have oh to my- take this up with? The audacity. Okay. Oh, it was dramatic. Okay. Well, you didn't know this about me, but after the show, and I'm sure all of your listeners will Google this, but, um, okay. So I live in DC currently and I work for the local Fox affiliate. So I'm sure many people listening across the country, Fox has all these local news affiliates in everywhere from Philadelphia, New York city, Tampa, Florida, Los Angeles has one. So I have been a long time entertainment contributor, right? And do like all these social stories and podcasting for them and all this stuff. So a couple, this was probably like three years ago, four years ago. I used to do a segment called Tuesday Talkers. Anyway, my news director had kind of had it with the segment. It was boring. The the anchors weren't really into it. And it was just any topic that people could have an opinion on. But we sort of all ended up having the same opinion. So the very last day that we're doing it, uh, we were all like, what do you want to talk about? We didn't have any topics. So one of the anchors came over and she said, well, I have a topic. There's this kid in Texas and he has applied to 10 Ivy League colleges and he got, or no, 20 or 25. And he got into every single one. And I think that we should talk about, you know, is he taking a spot from someone else? So without reading the story or doing any more research or even having a social brain consciousness, we go and do this story. Well, the caveat to this is the the young man's name was Michael Brown and he was a young black kid in Texas. We also was like raised by a single mom. He was like raised in poverty, like overcame all this to get into like Harvard, uh- Yale, Stanford. Uh- everything, right? Like he was disabled. He had one arm. He, no, like every, every, everything. everything. He was indigenous. No, everything, right? Right. So the, the anchor panel was myself, um, another white woman and a black anchor. And so we debate it and we're all like, yeah, you know, this, and I think the term that was used was something like, is this obnoxious? Well, so we do the story, nothing happens, you know? And like a day later, I start seeing these, um, tweets or whatever about like, oh, can you believe that these Fox anchors like were trying to take down this young black man trying to aspire? So again, like this is like four years ago. This is like before the cancel like culture really picked up. People were getting like Roseanne was getting canceled maybe, but like 
it wasn't to the degree, degree that now everyone gets canceled, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe just some people have a problem with it. And then I was getting texts from the other anchors and they're like, hey, are you seeing all this stuff? I'm like, no. Anyway, before I knew it, the, like it had just like snowballed and NFL players were tweeting at me about like, and every <gasps> news outlet, every news, I'm talking Huffington Post, USA Today, Wall Street, every like picked up like Fox, white Fox news anchors go after young black man. Uh, Taylor, it was the most hate. People were telling me to kill myself and my DMs, <gasps> all this stuff. And so there's like a lot of controversy about this because- our company disagreed with, I was like, look, I mean, this young man, and he actually had tweeted at us and he was personally offended. So I was like, oh, well, I, you know, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I, like, I'll apologize. Like I, you know, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to, I didn't even realize the context in which we were doing this. And I can see how this would look like we are, you know, attacking somebody who is trying to do something great and all the, you know, racial elements oh. to this, right? Oh, so this Sarah. is, this is, this is like about following your gut, which you did. So my gut was, I should have just put out a video. Like the second that this got fire, my gut was telling me, put out a video to Michael and his mom. Cause they were, they were the ones that were really hurt by this and just say, look, I truly, I'm sorry. Like I, I didn't realize the context of this. We were like five minutes from airtime. We did this story and I completely understand how this could be racially insensitive. And, you know, I didn't mean it personally. I'm so sorry. You know, I'll learn from this, but I ended up listening to other people who were saying, don't be quiet. Don't say anything. This will pass. This is intact by the left. And so it caught fire and it caught fire. So anyway, I finally did. Although I feel like, again, it was like too late, but I just tweeted at Michael. I was like, look, I'm so sorry. Um, and we've like, we're now Facebook friends. You think that this is rare, but it happens a lot. So it's like, we should have talked about not Michael, but in general, kids applying to multiple schools, are they taking and holding spots for other kids? And then it wouldn't have been racially directed. But anyway, it was a good lesson in, in listening to your gut. And so now I'm like, no, if that happens again, like, don't be quiet, lean in, have a conversation. I should have reached out to Michael immediately. Maybe he would have come on my show. Maybe I could have done, you know, but it was, it was very traumatic. Yes. It was, it was how many years ago? three or four. And I lost sponsorships. I lost people. People tweeted at my sponsors, um, that I was racist and I should be canceled. And and I had two sponsors cancel their campaigns. You're like, but Roseanne, Roseanne Barr did not, she now sponsored right No, but you, so, <laughs> yes. so, but good so news, guys, I've got a new sponsor. Roseanne, so her name is, I don't know if you've heard of her, but her name is Roseanne. Yeah. We kick off our, our worldwide tour this Tuesday. No, but you, you knew he was black, but you didn't know the whole story with the single mom and that whole thing. Correct. Correct. Okay. Right. But What's crazy. So you had the wall street journal, you had athletes, Sarah. So by the way, if you're, if you're half catching what's going on here, get out of Michael Jackson's never, never wonderland or whatever he called it. Okay. Because part one of this chat was on Sarah's show, Sarah hosts the Sarah Frazier show. And I told my Chrissy Teigen story. Now we are here in this sequel that is the best <laughs> of all time. Okay. And like scream two could never but you had NFL players, the wall street journal. When my stuff went down with Chrissy Teigen, I had like Huffington post Yahoo news. Like that was not, that is not a big deal compared to what you, I mean, professional athletes. Like now I'm worried about Luna legend coming after me, like never, like that's nothing compared to 
that shit is traumatic. There's a very famous Australian guy who like picks up cancel culture things. And he did a whole, um, he has, oh, maybe it's democracy now. I can't remember the website. Anyway, he has like a massive following five, 6 million people. He did a whole thing on us. So, and it actually got canceled over two weeks because it would come in waves and it trended on Twitter and it, um, the and <laughs> I have a little bit of good karma though, because Charlemagne the God actually made our segment and the three of us anchors donkey of the day. But he actually got a different Sarah from the Fox station and blew her ass. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I was going to say, and she had nothing to do with it. And so I'm like, thank you, God. I at least have some good fucking karma because Charlemagne did not know my correct name. <laughs> She's like, she's the intern. It's her first day. She goes home, like absolutely traumatized. Even after a while, he and his mom spoke to Time Magazine and they were like, all right, it's, this has gone like way beyond like anything that we, we had imagined. And, you know, it's like, I think, I think it became even bigger than them. And they were like, all right, I I, I think at some point they didn't even want to be a part of it. I'm speaking for them. I don't know, but. You know, what's funny though, with both of our circumstances that I'm not downplaying his situation at all but in hindsight like while both in the moment are traumatizing I literally when my whole thing went down with VH1 and Twitter and when Chrissy Teigen was coming after me publicly on Twitter I literally was like I am never going to work a day again like do I have to go get employed at Never Never Land like am I ever going to work ever again but it's so funny because both of these stories are kind of Almost like I could see them like playing out in a TV show, like making fun of this whole cancel culture one day, like as a, because it's almost like, not that they're misunderstandings, but kind of, and like, we're blown up to be something it wasn't meant to be in almost a comedic way where it's like, you know, do you watch that? Do you watch that show? I want to No, but I need to start. I need to start. it's based, it's a little bit based on this premise that we're talking about, but it was, it was such a traumatic experience. I mean, I would go outside and I would feel like people knew me like, because like I, I, for be like, I thought people knew me and they're like, she's racist. Like I, I thought people were looking at me and like, the, and I'm like, I, I honestly don't think anyone gave two shit. You know, I, I think people move on with their lives or whatever, but, right. um, and there's actually a documentary you should watch too. Um, that's on Hulu. That's just looking at like the, the price of canceling people. It's so good. You would, you oh, and I would talk to it. I'm, oh, I should Google what it is. Um, well, while, while you do that, okay. I have to, I have to bring this to my people because they will fall off their seats. They will fall off their rocking chairs. You name it, their hammocks. When kid rock, you said kid rock straight up fat shamed you. And you're like, he is still hot. YOLO. Okay. What happened, Sarah? Okay. Well, so I'm, I'm trying to find this documentary for you too, which is like, oh, 15 minutes of shame. Okay. 15 minutes of shame. It's on HBO max, by the way. It's so, so good. I actually think it was produced by uh, Monica Lewinsky and it's amazing. You, your audience should watch it. It's really, really good. And it, it talks all about people gives, and it gives, it follows the guy's life. Remember the guy at the start of the pandemic who sold, um, hand sanitizer, and and like he like everybody went after him for price gouging it felt like the man breaks down in tears in this documentary like what's happened to his life and oh i'll leave gosh. it at that like it's really it's wild it's oh my really, gosh it's, guys maybe we'll do we did a 1984 on brand book club maybe we'll do a 15 minutes of fame like i don't know situation 
you, you might need but but okay Kid so, Rock Kid Rock. so I've been no. you know you and I live are living kind of parallel lives so I've also been a long time red carpet reporter and I'm obsessed I was obsessed with Kid Rock like I loved him like I he and Cheryl Crow like together when they collaborated on that uh, song a picture like I I love them. So I, I do the duet. I do both roles of the duet, like in my car. Like I literally put on a whole Sybil-esque performance and like, I am at the Grand Ole Opry. I'm like, everybody hear this. Oh my God. I'm with you. I love that song. And I feel like they had great sexual chemistry. So anyhow, I've I've interviewed both of them and actually Cheryl Crow. I I said to, she was walking the red carpet and I said to her publicist, just one question with Cheryl, just one question. And they go, and she goes, okay, fine. And she brings up Cheryl Crow. And I was like, okay, Cheryl, do you ever see yourself dating Kid Rock? And she's like, you brought me over here to ask me that. And then she stormed off. Cheryl, I'll just entertain the question, Cheryl. Like, come on. This is where celebrities got to throw you a bone. We talked about this a little bit in your episode we did together, but like, this is where it would have been so much fun if she was like, you know what? I'm his third sister wife and I love every minute of it. Like, come on, just have fun with it, people. I, people, celebrities either love me or hate me on the red carpet. You know, like David Foster's like, you're the best interviewer I've ever, like, he's like, I love your energy. I love everything you're doing, you know? And then I've had, like, I told you, Alec Baldwin wouldn't speak to me, Kevin Klein, because I work for Fox, Les Moon. I mean, people will look at the Fox logo and they will, they will walk by, even though we're not politically affiliated with the Fox national, but, um, but anyway, Kid Rock doesn't mind Fox. He loves Fox. So he, so he came right over and I was like, oh, cause I told my now husband, but we were dating at the time. I'm like, if Kid Rock invites me back to his party bus, like I will, I'll have to blow Kid Rock and everyone in the band. Like, I don't care. So I go kid, I go, oh my God, Kid Rock. I go, Bob are, what are you doing tonight? Like, are we partying? And he steps back. I kid you not Taylor. And he looks me up and down and he goes, we're not partying tonight. And I go, Oh my God. I was <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Like what? Also you said, I kid you not. I just want to add the pun. I kid rock you not, but <laughs> can I- you don't want like a little junk in the trunk. What? Everyone has to look like Pam Anderson. Cause I think he just come off the Pam Anderson marriage. I'm like, oh. excuse me, asshole. Anyway, uh, you're no, like, listen, me. your goatee can't like you want to talk buster. What is going on with the facial hair? No, I'm just kidding. But I like how you're not and still not personally offended. You're like, I still, oh, love, I, I never get it. offended. I, no, I love either. celebrities. I absolutely love. So I, I am obsessed with celebrity and Hollywood because the fact now in the era where everyone wants to be an influencer, everyone wants to be famous. The fact that you can stand out to the point that people will follow you, show up to your, your event in droves. Like I'm fascinated by that because it's something that people would give anything for. Well, you know, what's funny is I often feel at odds because I have my whole past doing my site, talk to me, working for all these outlets, interviewing all these celebrities. Yet I talk about them on my show all the time. And I'm constantly like, what are you guys doing? Whether it be the virtue signal signaling or like how out of touch they are. So I have like a love hate thing, I feel. But you know, it's interesting because so, so much of my issue is that they are so like beyond with the virtue signaling and PC. But what we were talking about before we hopped on here is that you informed me speaking of Kid Rock, is you're like, he will go out on these, like in these cornfields on stage and just literally throw out every offensive term you've ever heard. And and you're like, I don't even care. Like, but same. Google Kid Rock and like videos. Uh, And you know, he smells like whiskey and cigarettes when you meet him in real life. And I'm sure, and have you ever interviewed Adam Levine who smells like an addict? You know, he doesn't work the other 
I haven't. Did he wear deodorant? You haven't? Oh, he didn't wear deodorant. He's drunk so bad. Um, Anyway, I like, there's something about it's star power. Like some of these people, as you know, you meet them and you're like, fucking star like it's just like it's an aura that they have and he for me has that i i think i'd still make out with him and you know i mean i think he's a racist nut job but i i'm there's something so attractive about him i don't know what it is it's so funny because even that in and of itself the fact that we're like fly off the handle and offend everything about my existence kid rock but we're still like you know what i ain't mad like that in and of itself would have people being like these two girls the 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 true nerve but you know there's something about it that's like you know and I said this on another show today it's like at some point you gotta just let people live like unless it's like the Dave Chappelle thing like inciting violence and this and that it's like okay people there's a line you know between like to me there's a line between like straight up bullying harassing like really inciting violence and being like guys I want you to go out there and give them hell and then just kind of you know, saying shit, like call me naive, but I feel like there's a difference. I disagree. Like, I think it, I disagree with what Kid Rock says, like for sure. Like, I, I'm just right. like, I don't know where all the hatefulness, I mean, it's, it, he's just like a division of what we're seeing in our country. Right. But I like when he's Kid Rock, the performer and what he like was, I, I just, I love every aspect of that. You know, I mean, like I'm not going to an R. Kelly concert, even though, I mean, I was the big, you know, biggest ignition fan on the planet, but you know, I mean, now I see like how R. Kelly's life is, you know? Like cringe dancing to it in sixth grade, but no, that's actually a really good point. And yes, I want to say too, I do not in any way, shape or form agree with whatever Kid Rock is saying. And I've argued too, you know, let people say what they want to say, even if you don't agree with it, even if it's disgusting and like you just be louder. Like, I don't like this idea of censor this, censor that, you know, this is okay. This isn't okay. Right. That's, that's one thing, but there's also an idea of separating the person from the artist or the actor. And that that's what you bring out, which is interesting. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, but you're right. It comes into censorship, right? I mean, do we want to censor people just because they say words that we disagree with? A hundred for me, I would, I would rather know that it's out there. And like I say, you know, you just be louder if you think it's wrong or if you think it, you, you know, if you disagree, um, yeah, we're in a scary time because there are people that want those, like, you know, if they find you hateful or you don't say the things that they want, they want you to go away, away. Yeah. And now it's, but now it's becoming, this is why I was never a fan because first it's like, you can't say this, you can't say that. But now it's like, if you so much as post a meme that alludes to a boy and a girl and that it's like, oh my, what? Like, I'm sorry. They're like, if we hear you talk, sleep talking and walking about like you, my friend will pay. Like now it's just out of control. No, it's, I agree. It's way, way out of control. And I think I heard you say this on, on one of your episodes before, but you were like, look, I'm a Jewish woman. Like, I don't care. Like, make Jewish jokes. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, and I get that. I mean, I think I don't care about any women's. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't care about a white woman joke. Like I'm fine. Call me Karen. No, I'm the same way. Um, the Karens are shaking. Speaking of the Karen, Sarah, we got a Taylor and a Sarah, but neither are really Karens, but have we worked with Karens? Cause something I wanted to get into with you today is um gender which like is this concept obsolete I talk about this on my show all of the time but 
this idea before we get into, cause I love talking about masculinity. Are we losing our grip on masculinity? And you talk about this a lot. You often post with your husband. You'll talk on your show about divorce and relationships and all this. So before I get into that though, we're going to talk about the Karens and the women. And now something I explore often is that we're in this era where if you so much, like you have to mail bash so much that if you so much as acknowledge that a woman, a woman didn't treat you right, or wasn't nice in the worst workplace, like you have to sugarcoat and glaze over everything. Otherwise you are anti-women. Now, have you had like a horror story? Cause I know you and I were talking about this offline <laughs> that I, like I said, straight blank, you know, point blank to you. I've had better experiences working with men and, and male bosses than female. And you were like, yeah, actually same. Yeah. So we were talking about such? female bosses, right? Like you and I preparing for this episode, we were posting on my social about it and it was, it's totally 50, 50 for like all the, I mean, I, a lot of women weighed in and, um, 50, yeah, 50 people in like, terms of, have you had horror stories as a woman working with a woman, that kind of thing. I'm going to actually say 60-40 of 60% of the the people that answered said that the um, they were bullies. Yeah, like, okay, like this woman writes, yep, all bullies for female bosses. Not to sound coincidental, but they hated me because I was good looking. Yes, working with women is horrible. They're all nosy, gossiping bullshit artists. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Con artists. I love um, your listeners. It's been 50-50 for me, bully. Uh, yes, I had one who would yell at me when I was in the middle of any presentation. Uh, then one woman writes, mine was a badass. She was a COO. She's amazing and my most favorite person ever. My female boss See, is amazing. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like, be about it, people. But I feel like, don't you, Sarah? I feel like women are so like this, like, bah, smash the patriarchy, blah, blah. But I'm like, bruh, you're kind of acting like the thing that you're saying you're trying to smash though. You know what I mean? It's like, but, but come again. I, I think for women, it's like, we don't know how to act because like this whole idea, again, like this is, this is what I like about your show is you're providing nuance to social movements and, and the whole cancel culture, right? Which is it, none of this shit is black and white. Like really everyone lives no. in the gray, even though a lot of social groups don't want that. They, it's like, it's black or it's all or this. It's you, you know, you, <laughs> you're all in or you're all out. Right. But I think the thing with like women is the idea of women being COOs and CEOs it existed a hundred years ago. It existed, but it was like, it was a way different, a whole different era. Like women have obviously run the show or been behind very powerful men, but now we're stepping into our own and we have social media magnifying it. And we have, you know, huge capitalism and huge money. So I think in a lot of ways, women are still figuring out, like, how do you get in this environment and like be a great leader but, you know, I mean, it sucks because we also, to some degree, still have to look hot, you know, and we still have to, like, balance this idea of, like, you know, me too. And, like, you know, it's like, I think women just have so many more things that we're still conquering. So I think so much progress has been made, but we don't know how to fully, you know, be a boss yet. My thing is, I feel like because it's this new wave, if you will, I almost feel like a lot of them, like the people who you are saying are like, they're bullies or this or that are, it's like, they can get away with it now because no one's going to check their ass. So here's an Ooh. example that I want to get your, uh, opinion on. Here's an example. Okay. I worked for an outlet that was supposed to be by, for, to, about women, like covered women's issues run by women. And I was their second hired reporter 
in Los Angeles. They had started in Brooklyn. Like this is like pussy power all day, right people? So I had been there like their OG interviewing all the stars for them, you name it. And granted there was a turnover in leadership, but they literally had, I will never forget this for a $2 an hour raise. It literally was like your worst nightmare sorority hazing. Okay. Meets Jurassic park meets no meets the talented Mr. Ripley. Like you could never, they literally were like, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do an evaluation and give you these points to improve on. And if you improve, like we're going to look at the paperwork and in a month, if you improve like then, and I was like, I have to do this trapeze act for $2 when I was your first basically hired person in LA. And that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about that I'm sorry, like a dude would like every time I've asked for male boss for a raise, they're like, okay. Like that is what I'm talking about. It's like, can you get away? Like, why, why? It's like, are you trying to prove a point? Like, why do you think it is? I think it's because it's like trying to prove this point of like, I am woman, hear me roar. And men took advantage for too long, but it's like, okay, but now are you doing that shitty behavior tenfold what? to like, why prove do you a think point, they, you know? Yeah. Why do you think they do it to other women just to like, that's my point. Like take it out on the dudes. No, yeah. no, but exactly. Yes. I think that's part of it because they can it's so weird to me though. I've have had male bosses, which the, the actually, actually in two instances, I've worked for men who've actually been nastier to the other male employees. That's like interesting. They, mm-hmm, my radio gig, my, my long time, like the radio gig that got me my name in DC, like hot 99.5, the guy I worked for, he was nastier to other men. It was very strange. Like it was, I mean, the whole thing was toxic, but he was, yeah, it was, it was very weird. Like to the other guy, our co-host Sammy, I mean, he would like throw keys at him and trash cans and yell at him and make him cry. And oh my yeah, God. yeah, he was really, really mean to the other men. And I find that interesting too. You're like, he was Harvey Weinstein's protege, his mentee, his, no, but like- Towards other dudes. That's really, and also it kind of goes without saying, but I have listeners from all who work in all kinds of fields, but it also goes without saying that this business is toxic as hell anyway. So like, let's not, like, like it is just toxic in general. And Sarah, I only have five more minutes with you, but- since we're talking about this men being petty, which is rapid fire, which to me is hilarious. Rapid fire. Okay. Something I like to talk about a lot is masculinity. And I feel like this in and of itself, bringing it up is like the PC police doesn't like it because they're like, let men be sensitive. Stop telling them how to be blah, blah, blah. So like, and also though, there's also, you know, like you have Candace Owens over here. Who's like, quit being in a dress, bring back manly men. Okay. You just rolled your eyes. Like, what is your take? Wait, did I know I didn't roll my eyes. I was just, I was just saying, like, oh. it's funny. No, no. It's just funny. Like, um, that whole, you know, the whole thing that people want men to be more masculine, you know, it's so fascinating because you do see this and you do see little Nas X, like people like lose their minds over little Nas X. Um, I think, you know, look, I think that I love a man's man. You know, I love, I love about my husband that he, you know, watches sports and he doesn't cry at every single thing. But what I, I think for men, what's awesome for them and and what's much overdue is we know that men like suppress, they've suppressed their feelings, right? For years and years. And I think in all of us is this traumatized child because nobody's life is perfect. And, you know, you go along and then something happens in your life. And, you know, for men, it's never been acceptable for them to sort of 
break the mold and be like, I'm not okay. You know, like I'm not, I'm not well. And I love that. I think I'm more not, men. I'm not well. I'm, I'm not, not well. I'm not well. Not the bus. No. I think more men are doing that. I think they're, and I think it's awesome because, you know, when your partner is emotionally whole and can talk about emotion and break down and cry, like when my husband and I started going to couples therapy, he'll like hate me, but I've said this before. The, I never seen, I had never seen my husband cry ever. Right. We started going to couples therapy. And then my husband for a while cried at every single session. Like I would look over, I'm like, are you, are you, why are you like, not well? I mean, get control of yourself. And the therapist said to me, she's like, I'm like, is this normal? And she's like, every single man that comes in here, every man cries way more than the women way. More. And I'm like, wow. what? And she's like, because they're never, this is like the Holding one space in. yeah, that they can. And like, they start talking about these things and then all this other stuff comes out. I, I think it's great. Again, I think the whole, you know, the people that have huge followings, like little Nas X and all these people that wear dress Harry styles I, I, to me, they're doing it because if they dressed like a normal dude, no one would care. You know, I, I think the, the gender bend Mick Jagger did it for years. I think yeah. we're just, it's heightened because of social media. Um, but I don't think it's impacting the general population. I That's think an interesting point because I, I love a manly man, but it's funny. Cause I also like, I was thinking about this today and for whatever reason, Libra men fuck my shit up because they are so like deep and intellectually stimulating. I'm like, just come in here. Like pull a, an inception and make me never think about life the same. Like, I love a guy who is like deep and can talk about things and all of that, but I don't like this idea of washing away, like, like be what you want to be. I don't care, but I don't like this idea of washing away, like femininity, masculinity, that, you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. Yeah. With that said, I mean, before I let you go, oh, go ahead, Sarah. No, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think I, I like your point of view on it. I get what you're saying. What I was going to say is because we only have a minute rapid fire uh, thoughts on bisexual Superman. And also there was a dude and as someone who posed in Playboy, right, that whole thing, because we talked about in your episode about people just being like straight up shameless, like kind of your point about these guys wearing dresses, that whole thing, shock value, whatever. They had a dude pose in Playboy and their first big like digital issue and the iconic like bunny suit and the whole thing. And that's where I'm like, can women have yes. anything though? Can women have anything? Like, can anything be left for us people? Okay, thoughts. I get what you're saying. You know what? I literally like could care less about comics. So I don't care. I honestly, if Superman started fucking a vehicle, like I wouldn't care. Like if he became an object sexual and was like, I'm married to the fucking Statue of Liberty and I like finger banger, finger banger. Like I actually don't care at all about superheroes. But I get what you're saying. I get your, I get your point. Like, is there anything that women can have? Oh, that's really good. Now I got to think on that. You know what? I didn't really think about it that way. You know what? Now I'm like, now I'm team. You're right. Get the fuck, get the men out of here. Fuck them. Kind of like, can we can like, I get own. this whole idea of like the fluidity and it's like, yeah. And it's like edgy, but at the same time, women fought a long ass time to have you know the shit right. that we have and the voices we have. Can we pose in a goddamn bunny suit or not? Without, yes. Okay. Now I'm on your team. I was like, I'm not really sure how I feel now. I'm like, fuck it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. We'll have <laughs> to do a part three. We'll I was do just going to say that part three, Sarah Frazier, the Sarah Frazier show. Oh, we love it. I love you. I have to go do this call. I'm just going to like put it on speaker and enter the, uh, the thing. Um, anyway, you can follow the show. It's the Sarah Frazier show everywhere. Taylor, I adore you. Ditto. I can't wait for part three, everybody. Holy crap. Hold on to your overalls for part three. It's going to happen. You rock Sarah. Thank you.